Hi there, welcome to Typical Books. I'm Lydia Peaver, and this is the podcast mirror of my YouTube show, Typical Books, where we talk about horror fiction. So, on with the show. Hi there, today on Typical Books, we're going to be talking about two horror novellas. Things have gotten worse since we last spoke, and The Walking Sun. Now, in no way am I putting these books against one another. They're very very different and very different streams of horror. And if I'm going to put one against the other in any way at all, it's just that if this is your cup of tea, I would recommend this book. And if this is your cup of tea, I'd recommend that book. But these are unrelated. They just happen to be two novellas that I read back to back, basically, that aren't about suicide, because that seems to be a thing that I've been doing lately. <laughs> a lot of books about suicide. If you saw in my wrap up, I mention it and, and talk about the books that I have been reading where I'm about to read that have that same theme. So it was nice to take a break from that. The first one I'll talk about is The Walking Sun by Eddie Generous. It is a very fun read. And for a novella, it seems to have a lot of girth to it and a lot going on. It's not very one note. And there is a real world that's built here and real relationships between the characters, which I really enjoyed. So I don't know what the word count is necessarily, but it feels like a longer novella or a short novella perhaps a novelette maybe, but yeah, worth every penny I'd say, although it was sent to me by Eddie Generous because he is a generous one. And I really enjoyed this. Stephen Barber has done in hindsight something very foolish. Investing his life savings, heirloom book collection, and all the blood, sweat, and tears he could wring out into an apartment complex development. Taking on financial partners was supposed to lessen the risk, but when a worksite accident leads to a dead hitchhiker with a pocket full of strange coins, the same partners draw him into an ill-advised cover-up and soon find themselves in the grip of a traveling curse born of deep, old wounds. Now Stephen is changing, he's transforming. He's seen what happened to his partners and knows the clock is counting down. The future he risked everything for is swept away as he embarks on a road trip to uncover the history of the hitchhiker and reverse his terrifying metamorphosis before time runs out. And I had mentioned when I had brought this book up that it seems like there's a lot of stuff going on, but all the threads do tie very neatly together. It's not what my podcast co-host Wes Dedernape would say is a plot wearing a hat on a hat. <laughs> Not at all. And this weaves together really finely. And I, and I do like Eddie Generous's delivery as well. Very relatable, very down to earth. The characters watch TV shows that we can turn on the TV and see. They're not highfalutin, they're not all doctors, and that really speaks to where the author has come from himself. He's a very down-to-earth person with uh, humble roots, to say the least, and you can catch up with Eddie Generous on numerous podcasts because he does himself do Unnerving Magazine. He's the editor and author of quite a lot of things, and he's been on other podcasts as well, and that's really the extent of what I know of it but yeah it's just a very down-to-earth person that comes through in his writing and this is a really good example of write what you know via v make up shit because you don't know anything there is some bizarro elements almost in this horror it is a metamorphosis if you enjoyed some of the sentient insanity going on in christine not that this is anything like stephen king's christine but I had this feeling of this self-transforming machine person with one of the aspects of this novel. And the main character themselves, 
I won't give away what the transformation is, but I will say that it really, really speaks to somebody in my position as a book lover, book reader, book writer, and someone who spent way too much time in used bookstores and libraries all of my life, except lately. But yeah, it really does speak to the book lover and writer. I mean, it's, it's a nightmare, though. A nightmare scenario. If you can imagine the bookish love becoming a nightmare scenario, you can't imagine it quite like this. So I really did enjoy that aspect of the transformations going on in this. And it's usually not something that I'm very into unless it's um, a very overtly psychosexual body horror. Body horror as far as just crazy things happening to your body. Even werewolves kind of can rub me the wrong way. But this actually was super fun and the oddity and the bizarre nature of these transformations didn't take it outside of the realm of believability because it is written so well and so realistically and the reactions I think I was reminded of the movie clown if you've not seen the film clown for those who aren't afraid of clowns it is the best werewolf movie that isn't a werewolf movie the transformations in that and the reactions to it are so very real that I I was reminded of it in this because it really did plunge me into this realm of believability so I really liked that. And of course, the other end of the plot, this walking sun, this person that you encounter more so and learn more about. You have rampant library scenes, no link to the library bookish nature of this main character, just the library scene as far as a trope in horror movies usually. But you get to travel and learn a lot about this walking sun. So the, the title actually ties really deeply into the plot. And that's a tactic that I really enjoy. And if there's a thread between this and the other novel that I read, it's that the title means so much more. This is out from Seventh Terrace Books. And one thing I did notice while reading it is that it's got a cover by Con Lavery. And you may recall Con Lavery. He did some work on books that I've read lately, which is wild and wrote rave i'll be interviewing cons shortly so maybe i'll learn a little bit about the genesis of this cover but yeah really cool to be hearing from some canadian authors so if you're into canadiana and want a canadian experience where the canada isn't whitewashed for chicago or new york it is definitely a canadian book although we dip down into the south which is doubly cool because i like to see that dissolving of the barrier between our countries quite frankly without having Canada states washed. As a kid I collected coins and I have a few that ramble around within my various uh, containers and curio cabinets in the house and it reminded me of those and I almost want to dig out some of my grandfather's collection and there's others that belong to others in my family that have coins not quite as old as this but maybe a few. Uh, it would have just been surreal and he talks about the thickness of these coins and how they stand out and they have a real plot device in that too. So it's a really good example of every single word on the page, every single moment really, except for maybe some of the stuff they watch on TV because they like some trash TV, but everything leads to the plot. Everything drives the plot. 
on one hand, it is kind of a light horror novel. There's nothing that anyone would have really huge objections to. It doesn't cross any lines or need any huge warnings. And that was refreshing in that it does instill a real realistic terror without being overtly supernatural either and going outside of our realms of possibility. Although, you know, body horror usually does. Uh, this actually stays very grounded. And I think I've used that term a couple times down to earth grounded yeah it's a really great book if you dig that in your fiction so i had a lot of fun with the walking sun thanks to eddie jenner's for sending it along on to things have gotten worse since we last spoke and i was compelled to read this after watching Juan's review over at plagued by visions and everyone else has been talking about it as well and i've seen a little back and forth mostly positive though and i've seen a lot of you know they, they hit what a thousand reviews or something like that uh it's just crazy this particular book is a little book that could and i'm weird saying the word book i'm gonna put this down because it's heavy as you can see i picked it up as an ebook partially because i'm impatient and also because i looked at the price and I looked at the price and I'm like 20 some dollars for uh, what I understand as a novella. And then I looked at the page count and thought, oh, I think it's a long short story. And I got the Kindle, which was still a little pricey, but I don't know if it is entirely the popularity driving those prices and the publisher may have made that decision. I'm not sure. Or maybe that's just the going price and I'm really out of the loop as far as the prices of things. But yeah, it's it's very short. I read it in about an hour and I'm not alone in that. And I'm going to read it again. I was going to read it again before formulating this review, but I've got a deeper review forthcoming, but I will be rereading it for that because I've got a little thinking to do. But first off, you know, it was enjoyable. It was a super fast read. It's not super horrific, but I'm also super desensitized to some of the gross outs that are in here. I'm a huge fan of extreme horror, those who watch this channel. If you're new here, hello, but welcome back to everyone who's come here for a, a more extreme fair. And this does have its moments that are uh, edging on that with rotting meat and maggots and dead animals, uh, sort of. And well, yeah, she kills an animal, but like, it's not grotesque. It's not exploitative. It doesn't go on too long. I think the most grotesque thing in the book is the cover. And I do, I do really like the cover actually. It's very gross looking. I'd heard a Sadie Hartman talk recently about if you study it, it grosses you out the more you look at it. And that's very true. The rest of the book, not so much. And the more I think about it, the less scary or unsettling it is. Although I will say in the first few pages, I was intrigued because it's posited as a true story. And it is written in epistolary format using an email thread. And I had suspected that other forms of conversation would work their way in here, but they don't. It's just this email thread, which makes it actually quite fascinating. And I really like the delivery of it. I also like that they don't rely on gimmicky fonts as far as I could tell. And seeing what I could see in the uh, when you flip through pages and when other people have flipped through this book, it looks to be delivered very similarly between the ebook and the print book. So I don't think I'm losing anything. I was, I was quickly <laughs> disappointed that they don't really drive home this, this really happened. This is a true story in that Blair Witch format. I wanted more of that. And I wanted more of a lot because it is very short. Did I mention that it took me only an hour to read? Uh, it's fun though, because you meet the two characters 
through an absurd way where they're talking on this gay meetup site about a apple peeler which actually strikes my fancy because I do have a huge affinity for something like Martha Stewart and this reminded me of two Martha Stewarts meeting up to get together maybe down the road after they work out this apple peeler business. The ebook doesn't have the cover contained in it. When you open the ebook it shows the cover but you can't scan backwards so just ebook uh, construction I'm always very keen on and I like a well-constructed ebook and this one really is it, it gen genuinely is except the omission of the cover which is really the set piece here so I have to do a little digging for the back jacket copy hmm it doesn't say much sadomasochism obsession death a whirlpool of darkness churned at the heart of a macabre ballet between two lonely women in an internet chat room in the early 2000s a darkness that threatens to forever transform them once they finally succumb to their most horrific desires. What have you done today to deserve your eyes? Which is the thing that people keep quoting and it doesn't have as much punch as the titular things have gotten worse since we last spoke, which really did work for me when I was reading it. The what have you done today to deserve your eyes? Not so much. Oddly, one of the aspects within this uh, that, you know, I'm not, um, really qualified to speak to a lot of the relationship stuff and I'm not gay or bisexual so I can't really speak to some of the conversations that have been being had about that aspect of this story. Uh, it does strike me though it's odd because they sound like two Martha Stewart's and I couldn't get over that because they are you know quite verbose purple prose and I, I, I wouldn't go quite that far but definitely it is like they're talking out of a dictionary or a thesaurus like it's very awkward talking uh, and conversations and maybe it is very lonely women and that part sort of worked for me in that they've got nothing better to do but email each other they are going to craft these stories i had spent a lot of time in like bdsm chat rooms as a teen uh, not having so much fun but sort of conversing you get to know people and you can have normal conversations much like they do on a gay dating website in a chat room or, or whatever and they take it offline into emails or as a private messenger sort of like ICQ or Yahoo Messenger or whatever people were using in the year 2000 but the conversations especially with those who spend a lot of time in front of their screen or hang on this sort of interaction as their only social activity can tend to get a little verbose and creative especially if it's writers in a space like that and they don't seem to be really like career writers but one of them ought to be and one of them i suspect of catfishing i definitely think that it's probably not the sort of person that you expect at all although on one hand i do expect two martha stewart's i expect a very cruel individual on one end of this conversation now as far as their deepest desires they don't really you know there's a little bit of sexting so to speak for a moment maybe but they don't really get into their deepest darkest desires necessarily unless you count their sadomasochistic sort of dom sub relationship that is sort of blossoming in the most awkward and wrong way i hesitate to go onto tiktok and see what the buzz or tumblr perhaps where uh, more conversation is happening about this book and where it initially caught fire so to speak but because uh, i hesitate because i'm i'm not 
too interested in how people are taking this book outside of myself. You know, reading is supposed to be like that for the most part to really see how it affects you. And the one thing that did strike me is that they do talk about this contract dom-sub relationship. And if those are terms that are completely uh, surreal and unheard of to you before, uh, careful typing them into the internet. But they do establish a contract as one as the mistress or master and one as the subservient or slave. I feel that it is to a certain extent my civic duty to mention that many people within the BDSM, FET, or kink community definitely practice safe, sane, and consensual things when their playtime, adult playtime as it were, although there are many people who have a safe and sane consensual relationship that is a 24-7 lifestyle relationship, which is sort of where this is going to go with the control of finances and the control of, of the body and things like that. It's not entirely unheard of and there's nothing necessarily wrong with it when done right. In this book it is done remarkably wrong. Uh, this fictional, thank god it's a fictional relationship because it is hugely abusive, massive red flags, and if there was anyone with any sort of even old guard or new but understanding consent and safe sane consensual practices between two adults they would just be up in arms and i'm not i'm just cautious that many people should pick up a book something like screw the roses send me the thorns this has a great chapter on creating contracts between people that are safe and fun and hold no legality and are simply fun and can be enacted for a short time as a fantasy thing or a long time as a lifestyle relationship and they can be part and parcel to marriage so the, the contract portion of this book rubbed me the wrong way although it is a really good device and it is scary because i'm all about taking the things that actually scare people in real life and working them into fiction so if i had met anyone with this sort of relationship i would be very scared for them i think the idea of a woman in this day and age relinquishing financial control is very different than the 2000s let alone the 1950s so that aspect alone just uh, set alarm bells ringing uh, and a klaxon and I haven't heard many people discuss that but then again as I've said I haven't heard a heck of a lot of people discuss this book only in certain circles with which I travel and I've listened to those reviews and we all have different takes on it there's people that love this book and every word of it there's people that don't like this book and there's several people out there that um, gave it a passing glance and knew it wasn't for them and maybe it's just the the very short and kind of hip way that it's presented I don't know it is way too short I will say that I'm not damning a thing for being short to read I love a short story that takes me an hour or less to read love it like really deeply love it I'm reading a whole bunch of short stories right now Merce at Harpies in the Trees is reading a whole bunch of short stories right now I love novellas obviously because this is like the third novella video I've done in a while but yeah it was too short I wanted more gore I wanted more of their deepest darkest desires and I wanted more of this Martha Stewart <laughs> bullcrap conversation they were having about apple peelers I wanted way more apple peeler I still did get most of the impact when you get to the line the titular line 
So it did work to a certain extent, just not as well as I wanted it to or that I see it having worked. Uh, an expanded version of this would have been grand, you know, twice as long, maybe. More tasks. Uh, there is sort of a golden rule in art and literature and media of all sorts that there is this rule of threes and it happens even in our cosmology and it happens in nature to a certain extent. There are sort of like three, not necessarily acts, but things, acts, if you will, that this girl is asked to do and it just, there should have been more. I would have done with six or nine things, these tasks. I don't fully believe that she has given over body, soul, and spirit and mind to this person. And I don't believe that this person at deserving of any control over a person because they haven't established a relationship for real. And there is a, a portion where they break up and get back together. And I think like a month and a bit has passed. It's not long enough for that sort of trauma to have settled. And there is a part where they go from hardly knowing one another to be owning one another. And that's a matter of days, if not hours. And it just moves too fast. So I would have liked to see a whole lot more of that. But be that as it may, two fun novellas. I would highly recommend Eddie Generous's The Walking Sun. So seek him out online, definitely. I know that Eddie is all over the internet, so you can find him on Twitter or on every magazine, of course. And 7th Terrace will definitely have this. Check out Amazon. That's the best spot always if you're looking or local bookshops, of course, and recommend it for people to purchase and stock. Always interested to hear if anyone has read either of these, The Walking Sun by Eddie Generous or Things Have Gotten Worse Since We Last Spoke by Eric LaRocca. Definitely let me know if you've read those in the comments below. And if there's any other novellas you think I ought to be reading, definitely let me know. I do love a good novella. I've read a few chunkers lately and I'm just starting Snow. It's not huge, but it's bigger than these. And I've really liked the highly devourable nature of novellas. So Definitely let me know if there's some extreme or weird fiction out there that you think I ought to be reading. And have a nooky, spooky day. If you are looking for something new to read, some insight or reviews of horror you have read, or even talk from a writer's perspective, I hope you enjoy this little show. Feel free to check out the YouTube version by searching Typical Books or visit me at LydiaPeaver.ca. Thank you and have a dark, devious day.